you. Good morning, everyone. It is so great to be with you this morning. Um, I'm actually going to start off by telling you the truth. Um, I've actually only got half a sermon sorted at the moment, but we're just going to see where um, the Spirit leads us, and um, I'm sure it's going to be a great morning. Um, But as Newton said, um, we're looking at the encounters of Jesus. And so we've been looking at that over the past few um, months or so, and um, today we're looking at our own personal encounters. But first, I wanted to actually focus um, on who Jesus is. Now, we have a verse up here, actually. It says, For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, who believes those words this morning? Yeah? Hands, hands are slowly going up in the air. It's okay to, to get out of our comfort zone and put our, our hands up. I know we're all Anglicans here, but we can, we can push past that. Um, so, um, this is just a, a great verse, and we're going to look at that later on. But first, I want, want to know from you guys here today, um, all, all of you lovely people, um, I want us to be very interactive today. So, who is Jesus to you? Shout out a few words of who, uh, what Jesus means to you. Saviour. Great word, saviour. Yes. Sorry? Healer. Yes. Best friend. Rock. Mentor. Comforter. Family. My Lord and my God. There's some great stuff there. We could go on forever and list off a load of different things. But we're just going to quickly go through a load of different um, scripture. Um, So first off, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, it says, My dear children, I am writing this to you that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our care before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. So in that passage there, we've got two words. We've got advocate and righteous. Jesus is rooting for us and he is righteous. Another passage, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So again, some two words. We've got founder and we've got perfecter. In another version of um, this this verse, it says champion as well. In John chapter, is that six? My my eyes, I can't can't see the screen very well. I'm getting old, you see. Um, (laughs) Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. So there, Jesus is the bread of life. And then in 1 Timothy chapter 1, um, verse 1, um, it says, Christ Jesus, our hope. Jesus 
is our hope. There's so many um, different words, so many words that describe who Jesus is. Jesus is our Lord and our Saviour. And um, we can encounter this Jesus. And we see in this um, verse that Chloe, well, the reading that Chloe read to us um, is that there was an encounter um, that somebody had with Jesus. And so I just want to go over that before I share my own encounters and then we see what happens because I don't know what's, where we're going to go after that. But anyway, the first thing is, let's just quickly read this. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. So, let's just uh, just ponder over those words because there's some interesting stuff in there. Um, If we look in the, the passage... Um, previously, just before it, we know that it is uh, noon, um, and so it's the hottest part of the day, um, and so this woman's having a bit of a shock seeing this man at the well at noon, hottest part of the day. I, I'm sure most of the time, everyone else would have gone either in the morning, early morning, or late evening to make sure that they're not in the heat of the day. So, one, there's a shock that there's this man here at that time of day. And then she's also surprised because she knows that he is a Jew. And back in those days, the, the Samaritans and the Jews, uh, the, yeah, they did not mix well. Um, and so that is another shock there. And then, again, he's a man. So there's that shock there that this man, this stranger, is talking to her. And so, when we encounter Jesus, it will often not be as we expected. And so, that, that was the case uh, for this Samaritan woman. So, that is our first point to remember. An encounter with Jesus in our own lives will often not be what we expect. So, let's move on and let's look further into the passage It says, Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? And are, are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. So the next, the next point I want to look at in that passage there is the fact that Jesus addresses questions we didn't know 
needed answers. We see here that um, she is asking questions about um, living water. Um, Well, she's asking about the well and about giving her a drink. And Jesus asks, give me... um, Give me a drink and you will receive my water, my living water. And so she's like, what are you talking about? What is this living water? And she didn't even know that she needed to ask about this living water. And it's not until Jesus um, revealed to her that she needs this living water. And so in our own lives, um, he addresses questions we didn't know needed answers. And so for some of us... um, We know that we need Jesus in our lives. But before we encountered Jesus, some of us may not have even known who Jesus was. And we may not have known that we needed to ask the question to Jesus about, give give me this living water. And so to this woman, this Samaritan woman, um, she did not know that she needed to ask, give me this drink that you are talking about. Sorry, we're moving very fast-paced today but um, we've got lots to jam-pack in. So the next up, it says, Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband. For you have had five husbands and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. And so, here we see that Jesus reveals the messy parts in our lives. He reveals to us the gross parts. Stuff that we don't want revealing, but it's actually important that Jesus does this. And what I love about this is that he doesn't say to her, Oh, you've... um, You've messed up a bit, haven't you? You've uh, gone and slept with a load of different men. Oh, it's not good what you're doing. I think you need to change your ways. He doesn't do that. And also, he doesn't go and say, um, think to himself, I know this lady's messed up, but I'm not going to bring it up because that's not right. We'll just talk about something else. No. Jesus brings up the messy stuff in this woman's life in a loving way. And so, when we encounter Jesus, there's going to be some gross, messy stuff that pops up. We may not like it, but he's doing it in a loving way to help us. And then further on um, in the passage, it goes on and says, Our fathers worshipped on this mountain. But you say that in Jerusalem, you say that Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You, you worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming. He 
who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. So in this part of the passage, um, we see that Jesus, again, um, gets to the true heart of the issue. And he's sharing to her that despite all uh, the discrepancies between um, the Jews and the Samaritans, it's not about that. It's not about, um, if we look at it in our own terms, it's not about our own traditions. Um, it's not about what kind of music that we're going to sing at church, whether we get the organ out or whether we get the electric guitars and the drum kit out. It's not about that. It's, it's about who we're focusing on, who we're going to worship, who is the living God. And so, in our own lives, he's going to um, get to the true heart of um, the issue and show to us that it's not about all these secondary issues that we're focusing on, but it's about him. And so, um, as we delve further into um, the word, it says, just then his disciples came back. They marvelled that he was talking with a woman, but no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that, that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him something to eat? Jesus said to, her, said to them, My food is to do with the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say there are yet four months then come, comes the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are, wh- are white for harvest. Already the ones who reaps in, is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life. So that's, that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the, say, the saying holds true. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labour. Others have laboured and you have not entered into their labour. Many Samaritans from the town believed in him. I may have skipped a bit. No, I haven't. Sorry, I just read that and I was like, that seems um, it skipped. But anyway, it says, Many Samaritans from the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did so that when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They, they said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves. And we know that this is indeed the saviour of the world. So, that's a big passage. Lots to take in. Even I struggled just then, as you noticed, to take all of that in. But Jesus sent this uh, woman out. She could have stayed with him for as long as she wanted. But actually, um, what, what I love about this is this woman went away and she didn't 
keep it to herself. Now remember, this woman is the, the Samaritan woman who went to the well at noon. So she clearly went there um, at a time where she thought no one would be there because lots of people in the town probably knew about all the stuff that she'd done and she wasn't proud of it and so she didn't want to meet people and share that with people. But here we see that she goes into the town. She doesn't keep quiet what's just happened but instead she goes and shares about Jesus She gathers people up and she shares her testimony with um, these people. And so, when we encounter Jesus, he doesn't just allow us to stay in his midst all the time. He says, we need to go. We We could spend so much time ourselves in this building. Wouldn't it be great if we could spend... Um, The next week, the next month, all together here, um, we might get a bit smelly um, because we haven't got a shower, but oh well. We'd be sitting here amongst um, friends and families, worshipping Jesus, praising God and praying together. And that would be great, but that's not what we're called to do. We're called to go out of this building and to share the good news Um, with Jesus. And those are the the five points of encountering Jesus um, and it um, applies to our lives. So the five points were um, when we encounter Jesus it will often not be what we expected. He then addresses questions we didn't know um, needed answers. He then reveals the gross parts of us and then gets uh, to the true heart of the issue. And then he sends us out to tell others about him. Okay, the clicker's not working, but we're pretty much at the end of what I needed to show on the screen anyway. And so, the thing is, that's a story in the Bible, and the Bible is great, and we should be reading it. But some of you may be sitting there and going, that's the past, that's old stuff. That, that can't apply today. Well, you can encounter Jesus today. We can encounter Jesus right now. Jesus is here with us. He is um, dwelling amongst us right now. And we can encounter Jesus in so many different ways. Um, We could encounter Jesus at work. We can encounter Jesus right here in church, at home, in the shower. I know that can be a weird thought, but for for me, um, that's my uh, thinking time, my praise and worship time, my prayer time. And you can encounter Jesus while you're walking down the street, in the car, um, while you're praying. Please don't shut your eyes while you're praying in the car. um, Because um, I know... Sometimes Jesus does take the wheel, but it's probably, probably best if we keep our eyes open. Um, but we can encounter Jesus in so many different ways. And um, I'm actually going to share my story with you guys. Some of you may have heard this. I know Newton and Honor are probably sitting there going, great, I've heard this many a times. Um, but um, we all have our own stories to share. Some of us are, have encountered Jesus. Some of us may be sitting here going, I want, I want to encounter Jesus. Um, 
So, um, for me, um, my story uh, began uh, back in 1994 when I was born. Um, actually, no, I won't, I won't start that far, otherwise we'd be here forever. Um, but um, I was brought up in a Christian family, um, went to church, um, but I didn't really pay attention too much. I was that annoying kid that you probably all get really annoyed with, um, that would scream, would run around, um, run up next to the vicar and stand there, and I probably pulled a few funny faces. Um, and yeah, so I was that kid that we all, all, all moan about at times. And um, I remember growing up, um, even though I haven't properly grown up yet, um, but I used to take like colouring books and things to do um, and I would just occupy myself um, because um, I didn't really find church cool and I didn't um, find it uh, engaging enough um, when I was um, a kid. And so I'd sit there colouring away. And, um, but actually, uh, I didn't realise this until a few years ago when I looked back actually um, God was doing something in me and I was actually subconsciously hearing um, what the the vicars were talking about and preaching about. And so, um, we here at the church do a holiday club and I love holiday club and so the first time I actually went to holiday club was when I was in year seven and I helped out and it was actually at an evening service, just for the youth that had helped out at Holiday Club, um, we had our own personal service um, in the evening where we could encounter God. And I went to that service and I remember going, wow, what is this? But it just blew me away with um, how powerful and um, how tangible Um, God was in that moment. And so, um, one night, um, the the people who were leading that service turned around and said, if anyone here wants to give their life to Christ, then come and step forward. And I I remember standing there thinking, I would love this, but I'm not walking up there to the front. No, no, no. And so I stood there and I was like, nope, you're not getting me up to the front. And you know that feeling? You always get that gut feeling and you know that's Jesus saying, you're going up to the front, mate. And I was like, no, no, no. And then all of a sudden, my legs start moving. I'm like, whoa. Whoa. What's going on here? No. Stop legs. And no, I walked all the way up to the front and was prayed for. And from that day on, I decided to give my life to Christ. And the thing is, that's, it's not, in a, in a way, it is a happy ending, but it's not a happy ending, because that's just the beginning. And the thing is, since then, my life, it, it has been nowhere near perfect. And Jesus tells us that um, in Scripture. Um, don't tell, ask me where in Scripture, but I know in somewhere in Scripture it says that um, life isn't going to be easy um, with Jesus. And so... Um, from that day on, I decided to, to commit my life to Christ. And um, there's been some ups and downs. But I know that Jesus is with me and I know that Jesus loves me. 
and we can encounter Jesus ourselves. All of you here have a story to share. Um, Some of us maybe feel like we're miles down the story all the way over here at the start. Some of us feel like our story hasn't started, but actually God is always working in our lives, even if we um, don't even know or feel it. And so, um, later on, I want to give an opportunity for us to encounter um, Jesus. Um, but actually, I'm going to do something, because this this, we're up to the point where I don't know what's happening, and um, I'm just letting the Spirit lead. And actually, um, it would be great if we could hear a couple of stories of, from you guys. So... We've got a microphone and I'm going to come and I'm going to shove a microphone in front of people's mouths. Um, but if, if any of you here have a story or words of encouragement um, that you'd just like to share or just share some stories of how you encountered Jesus um, or uh, any pieces of scripture that has really encouraged you, then um, it would be great. So who would want to take the plunge and share something first. Go on. You know you want to. Thank you. Thank you, Sam. Is it on? Is it on? Should be. Go on. No. No. Not on. No. That's better. There we are. Interesting that you use that uh, reading this morning, um, Paul's reading from Romans. If God be for us, who can be against us? Who can separate us from love of God? Shall tribulation, persecution... Because that first spoke to me when I read it as a prefect at a secondary school. But I was only saying the words, because I used to enjoy reading the scriptures. It wasn't until some time later that uh, I met a wife who's um, much more of a Christian than I was at the time, because I was going through the process within the church as a lay person. But my relationship with God was not established. And I remember being in a study at home and um, doing a bit of Bible study. And I heard an audible voice say to me, I will be God. And I thought, that's crazy. It took God a while for that to happen. But in so doing, I looked at some of the readings which caused me to think again. One in particular was the exiles and uh, the saving of his people, bringing them out of Egypt. And I looked at the Psalms. And in the Psalm, there was one Psalm in particular which said something like, praise. You've mentioned music this morning, how we praise God. Whenever there's a remembrance, we praise God, we give thanks, we celebrate Because we're remembering something normally, we celebrate the remembrance of what Christ did on the cross. But in amongst all that celebration and remembering, there's one significant thing, and that is we should repent. Because if not, we dethrone Christ in our lives by saying, I'm here to celebrate and praise you, but by God, didn't you go through it, my Lord? Yeah? Things like that are meaningful to me. So I just share that. And the other thing is that... um, we're on a journey, we're on a journey all together. And as you said, when we go through the door, that's where the mission field is. I've just been to see a lady in Warrington Lodge who couldn't make it to her husband's funeral on Friday. 
You get feedback sometimes, which you don't expect. I got it there and then, but she remembered it because her son went to see her after the service. And when we speak of John's Gospel, when um, Jesus' question, um, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus was questioned, how will we know the way? You say, you're the way. Which way do we go? Do we go to a roundabout? Is it sat enough direction or what have you? And we say, no, I am the way, the person of Christ. I didn't realize, but that quite, um, was quite significant for a lot of people there. But when I went back to um, the reception afterwards, there were a lot of young people your age, and they were having some bun fights and whatever, weren't you? And they were talking about the service. It was a little cramped, so it wasn't a long service. And I said, this elderly guy, the guy that died was 80, and one of his colleagues was there, both being head teachers, and he said, that was all right, and blah, blah. I said, well, I've got to say something for these young people. And you know what he said to me? You've got to say it for me as well. So we don't just say it to people we want in the church, we encourage each other as well, like you're saying today. Thank you. Amen. Anyone else feel prompted to share something? I'm going to sit. Um, Yes, I was brought up as a Christian. I went to Sunday school. My mum read the Bible. I read the Bible. But um, I got married in church and then we were transferred around the country because my husband was in the police force. And uh, after both daughters were born, we were in a particular little town where I knew a few people. And uh, I was out walking with my dog and the two girls, and uh, this woman stopped and said, wouldn't you like to come to our Bible study? And I thought, heavens no, how can I get out of that one? (laughs) So in the end I did go, and it was the most amazing Bible study, because the woman who led it used to spend the entire morning before the Bible study on her own with the Bible, being led by the Spirit. And that was the time when I realized that I needed to have a personal relationship with Jesus. And I did give my life to the Lord. But uh, (laughs) our marriage didn't kind of be wonderful after that. In fact, it went downhill a bit. But nevertheless, I remained faithful through that up and down time. Thank you, sir. Amen. Thank you. We have time for one more, if somebody feels prompted. Good morning, everybody. I've come from India. That's that's my husband, that's my son. I'm sorry, that's my brother and brother's wife. (laughs) Brother and brother's wife. So we came to, main thing was, his daughter was on my mind. We came to attend his daughter's wedding. So we are here. We've grown up, my brother and I have grown up in a very Christian family in India. In India, prayer, Bible reading, church, teaching the word is all in the family. More than in the church, we knew God from our home. We had a grandmother staying with us. And grandmother was a very devout woman. So it's my grandmother, mother, who led me to the Lord 
I do not know when. From my very childhood, God was my savior. I never feared anything. But I always had a little bit of a um, setback when I was asked to read the word in the church or to pray. First, when I went, I held the reading desk tight and no words came out. Then my uncle happened to be there. He told me, you must be proud to read the word. Then I just, next time, when I went to church, I prayed. And what the Lord told me was, open your mouth. I will put words into your mouth. Today, I can speak without fear. Because I know I am not speaking. Priscilla is only the outer shell. But, I no longer live, but Christ living in me works through me. I take Bible study for the youth in our church. I teach in the Sunday school. It's nothing I do on my own. When I prepare to talk to them, my script is there. But people who deliver messages would agree with me. After my sermon or after my talk, they ask for my script. I give it to them willingly and I tell them, you won't find half of what I said. Because what I speak is not what I prepared, but what the Holy Spirit guides me to speak at that point of time. And my favorite verse is, Lo, I am with you. The verse I heard God speak to me once when I was terribly upset was this one word, Am I not there? That's the word I'd like to leave with you all. God is always with you. Am I not there? God bless you all. Thank you for this chance. Oh man. Whew. I could do this all day, but sadly we don't have too much time. Um, but wow. Wow. We all have our own stories to share. Um, God is doing so much in our lives. Um, and so, as I mentioned, I want to give an opportunity for some of you who may be sitting here thinking, um, I don't have that. I don't feel like um, I have Jesus in my life. Or there's some of you here who have known Jesus but feel like you've strayed away. Um, I want to give an opportunity for you. And I'll, I've been constantly re- reminded over um, the past few days while I was preparing um, this sermon um, of the, the um, Pete Gregg, I don't know if some of you have ever heard him, but I've heard him um, talk a number of times and um, my family and I, we always go to the big church day out and he always does this um, opportunity um, where he um, gives, gives a space for people to encounter Jesus and the way he does it is just so great and so simple and so I'm going to do that today and I'm going to give you an opportunity to encounter Jesus. And actually, um, I'm going to ask us all, all to do this, because you know what? Um, we all need more of Jesus, don't we? Yeah. So, I'm going to ask us to just uh, bow our heads, close our eyes, and um, I'm going to say a few words, and feel free to um, say those words as well. Um, if you want to put a hand on your heart, feel free to do so. Um, but it's pretty much two things. Um, first off, it's going to be um, clean me out. And second off, it's going to be count me in. Um, because we all mess up in our lives. We all um, have so much mess and we um, 
need to constantly come back to Jesus and um, ask to be cleaned out. And then um, we want to reaffirm our faith and say, Jesus, I want to follow you, um, so count me in. So, um, so let's say these words together. Jesus, clean me out. Wipe the slate clean and help me be more like you. And Jesus, count me in. You are the one I want to follow. You are the Lord and Saviour. Help me to share who you are to others. Amen. And so, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop now, otherwise I could go on forever. Um, but I'm going to close with um, my favourite all-time verse. Newton and Honor know, probably know this off by heart now, um, but it's 1 Peter 2.9. For you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. And so I challenge you guys this week to head out that door and this week share your story with someone. Someone you may know or someone you've never met before. But I challenge you to share Jesus with others and just see where he takes you next. Amen.